0: out there where do you begin when your nipples start to leak oh is it time to feed again when parenting is new and you don't know what to do the boob coach comes up with solutions that are just right for you Boop, boop 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 the boob coach it all comes back to boobs Hey everybody, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today at the Boob Coach podcast. My name is Rachel Gayfeller Silber. I am an IBCLC, aka the Boob Coach, and I am going to be talking today with my within my season 1 here prenatal topics. Today is choosing to exclusively breast pump. I am not sponsored by any products. I have no disclosures for anything other than promoting my own self, my social media, and my upcoming app, which is the Boob Coach app, and that will be coming soon. Be on the lookout for that. All right, let's go ahead and get into it, shall we? So, the topics we're gonna discuss today. Why would someone want to exclusively pump? What are the advantages and disadvantages of exclusive pumping? Some people will call that EP. How do you prepare for EP? And what would the schedule look like? So who? Who would want to exclusively pump? Well, parents come to exclusively pumping for many, many reasons. Knowing that your child may have some health concerns, knowing that there may be some temporary circumstances that just require pumping. Occasionally, short-term becomes the long-term outcome what I mean by that is if you gave birth very prematurely and had a baby that was just too small, too premature to go directly to the breast, or a child that needed to have a prolonged stay in an intensive care neonatal unit, the short term may become the long term outcome. But today I'm really going to focus more on the families that make this choice before their infant is even born. If you choose to exclusively pump, you are not alone. There was a study done by Rosenbaum and it said that amongst American families who feed their infants breast milk, between 5.6 and 14.3% were exclusively pumping within the first six months. And you would think if we had somewhere between five and 14% of families who within six months were exclusively pumping. You know, honestly, you would think that we would have more research about exclusively pumping than, than we do, but that's an area of research that, that really needs to be done. Breast pumping and feeding that milk to a baby is a form of breastfeeding. Some people will call it breast milk feeding. It just amazes me how many times I have come into a room to triage and assess for um, lactation needs as a lactation consultant in a hospital setting. And if it's not the first child, where I've often had people ask when I say, well, did you breastfeed your previous child? And that new parent will say, no, I didn't, but I pumped for six months. If you were pumping, as far as I'm concerned, you were breast milk feeding. So the answer should be yes. Okay. Sure, the term breastfeeding implies putting a child directly to the breast, but it doesn't exclude pumping. Okay. Again, new parents make this choice for a lot of reasons. One of them may be employment concerns. I've seen a lot of things in, in 23 years of, of doing this work. I have had new families who need to return to work very, very quickly or have erratic or unpredictable working schedules. Maybe you work long hours or maybe you're anticipating a period of deployment if you are in the military. I have had new parents who are incarcerated and unable to be with their baby beyond that that hospital stay. They're returning to their time in, in a jail prison setting. There are also maternal health concerns. For example, someone who has recurrent herpes outbreaks on the breast. That would be a reason not to directly breastfeed. Somebody who needs to go through cancer treatments or other medication treatments like high-dose prednisone, for example. So there, there may be some times where you can provide milk to your baby from your breast, but don't want to put the baby to your breast. So I say it with love. I don't care how they get it, right? I don't care how they get it. Whatever works for you, works for me. There are other reasons though, that someone may decide that exclusively pumping, EP, is a better choice for them. And again, so many reasons. Someone who has had a history of sexual abuse or um, domestic violence, intimate partner jealousy of having an infant at the breast, some, for some new families, the pump just seems less threatening, less likely to cause an argument than putting a baby to the breast. I want everyone to be safe. And if you want to provide breast milk to your baby, that that would provide some flexibility. Some people have either self-esteem or, or modesty concerns. Multiples, twins, triplets, higher order multiples, or um, even extreme nipple and areolar sensitivity. With a breast pump, you can set the vacuum. Your baby will not say, oh, you have very sensitive nipples. Okay, well then I'm only going to suck on medium low. See, babies don't do that, right? But with a pump, you have a little bit more flexibility to to set that level. Other people have issues with regards to control perhaps feeling like they absolutely have to see the volume measure the volume that a baby is taking and we're not talking about a baby who has you know medical concerns that would you know that would obviously be another reason that perhaps such a thing would would be necessary but the person who truly feels like they need to have that control over a schedule knowing where and when they're going to lactate that sort of thing, Um, how many exact minutes they are going to be lactating. You know, again, if it works for you, it works for me. If you know that you have an infant who is going to have some health concerns, if you know that your baby is going to be born very prematurely, um, cleft palate, um, baby who is going to have special needs, heart defects, if you know that your baby is going to need to have um, special fortifiers, for metabolic or absorption disorders, special fortifiers added to human milk. You can't really do that per se at the breast. So having pumped milk and then adding those, those special fortifiers um, as a form of medicine for your baby, these are all different reasons that someone may choose before their little one is born to EP. Okay. What are some advantages, real or perceived advantages of pumping? Well, you can set a schedule you can set the suction and suck release patterns depending on the type of pump that you have versus your baby who's going to suck the way that your baby is going to suck. With exclusive pumping, you're not gonna be dealing with what we call dream feedings, which is a baby falling asleep at the breast and you're not going to be dealing with cluster feedings where sometimes they eat and then 20 minutes later then they wanna eat again, then they wanna eat again, that sort of thing. You have a lot more um, sort of control over when um, you are pumping. It is easier to have periods of mother and infant separation. There can be more flexibility in your schedule and if you're providing milk in a bottle that you have pumped, well then anyone can feed the baby. Okay. Disadvantages, what are some disadvantages of exclusively pumping? Well, feeling like you're tied to a machine or a pumping schedule, having to do what I call, do all the dishes, right? You have to have clean pump parts, you need to have replacement parts, and you're gonna be doing a lot of dishes, okay? Sure, you can buy a bunch of sets of breast pump parts, but eventually you're gonna have to wash them. Retail pumps break, parts wear down, pumps and pump accessories, are expensive, and if you leave them in the dishwasher and then you take your pump somewhere, then your pump isn't gonna work, okay? You're not bonding with the pumping machine the way that you may have that bonding of a baby sucking directly at the breast. And you can feel exhausted by feeding a machine and then feeding a baby. We would call that double feeding. So those would be some distinct disadvantages. And some people say that there's less support for an exclusively pumping family. Is that real or is it perceived? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on your experience. Some people just aren't very nice no matter how you're feeding your baby. And you may get some comments that you don't appreciate. um, Things like, well, why don't you just formula feed? You know, people say all kinds of dumb, unsupportive, passive aggressive things to new families. It's really, really unfortunate. And I hate to tell you, it's not just about feeding your baby. People who are kind of mean or nasty to you are gonna be mean and nasty to you. And directly breastfeeding or pumping, They're they're all just different ways that someone can can be nasty to you, but just having a child, people can be nasty to you. It's just really unfortunate. Now, I referenced the Rosenbaum study a little earlier, but in the Rosenbaum study, I'm going to look directly at my screen here, information on exclusive pumping was often missing from formal prenatal classes. Perhaps there were no formal exclusive pumping support programs, and therefore, persons who exclusively pumped sought information, support, and guidance by doing their own research online or by asking other parents on social media. Well, we all know that asking random strangers on the internet for information isn't always the best way to get information or perhaps support. The reality is, is that, yeah, I mean, there are very few studies on exclusive pumping. This makes it challenging for professionals like me to give good evidence-based advice. There are support groups on things like Facebook, but uh, I've done some research and I've looked at some of those groups. And frankly, I really hate to tell you, they're not necessarily welcoming to all. Some of them have had anti-trans, gender, anti same sex partner language, it's, it's out there. So be prepared if you're looking through things like Facebook for support about exclusive pumping that you may encounter some of that. And I am very sorry that that is out there. I, I wish that that was not the case. It's really important to me. I want this podcast to be a safe space for everybody and it's just really unfortunate that not all media is is that way okay what does exclusive pumping look like well it doesn't necessarily look like overflowing freezers filled with packets of breast milk you don't have to have a packed freezer in order for you to make dinner for your family okay you may just wind up making enough Pumped milk for the same day or maybe the next day, and not much more. And that is okay. If you are feeding your baby your pumped milk, it doesn't have to be from this massive freezer stash. What exclusive pumping may mean, it may mean that there are times where you need to use a little bit of formula for your baby's. You may need to use more formula than you plan to. In the end, your baby has to eat. And as much breast milk as you can provide for your baby, it is all excellent. I encourage you, please don't be discouraged if you can't make 100% of your baby's nutritional needs. Even if you made 10% of your baby's nutritional needs, it is still incredibly valuable. And I encourage you to do that. Now, especially in the first few days, in the first week or two of postpartum, you are likely to need to use a little bit of formula. You may not have milk to store. You're probably gonna use exactly what you pump and not have anything left over. That is okay. Again, however it is that you're doing it and making sure that your baby is getting enough food to eat, It is very challenging to pump and express colostrum. And it's a little easier once you have transitional milk and more mature milk, but some people don't let down well to hand expression. Some people don't let down well to a pump. Tell your birthing facility if you want to exclusively pump. I cannot tell you how many times I have gone into a room and maybe the baby is already 24 hours old and mom has said that she wants to exclusively give pump milk and no one supported her. No one supported her. I would rather set you up and work with you and get you off to a good start than let you figure it out once you get home. The same thing goes with I'm shocked at how many people supposedly have the plan to exclusively pump, but they don't have a breast pump. Okay, you cannot exclusively pump if you do not have a breast pump. The hospital is not just gonna give you one. I mean, we may give you one to, uh, you know, a, a rental grade hospital style breast pump while you're in the hospital, but we're not just gonna give it to you. It, d- it doesn't work that way. Hospitals are working on a pretty narrow, margin and all of that. It is your responsibility to see what pumps are available to you through whatever insurance you have. You may need to buy one. A rental pump is what's going to be best if you are exclusively pumping. You can rent a pump for a very short time, like a week, to give it a try and see if that works for you and your family. But just like direct breastfeeding, you need to start as soon as possible after giving birth. Mimicking the natural patterns eight to 12 times a day of breast milk stimulation, expression, and removal is imperative. You're not a faucet. You're not going to just hook yourself up to a pump for an hour and fill up bottle after bottle. It doesn't work that way, all right? You have to mimic the natural patterns. Once you have a well-established supply, after two or three weeks, and you're making lots of breast milk, you can start experimenting with a schedule other than every two or three hours of um, being attached to a pump. Because it takes 200 minutes or more of stimulation to initiate a breast milk supply. And then it takes about 120 minutes or more a day to maintain it. Breasts that are empty make more milk than breasts that are full, right? If you're going long periods of time without pumping. Basically, you're sending a message to your brain, I'm making way more milk than my baby needs and I can cut this back, okay? So pumping session frequency and length of time is crucial. I'm recommending about 15 to 20 minutes on a side. Ideally, if you can do both at the same time until your supply is well-established. And for the long-term, You're gonna need 26 to 30 ounces a day per infant. It's really important if you're exclusively pumping to make sure you're using the correct size flange, work with a lactation consultant to make sure that you're using the correct sizing, and I don't want you hurting yourself. What about antibodies? Well, I hate to tell you there aren't any real studies, but I encourage you if you're exclusively pumping to give your baby lots of hugs and lots of kind of big sloppy kisses on their mouth because your immune system is going to pick up on the bacteria that your baby is being exposed to. Because when you're breastfeeding directly with the baby at the breast, the baby's saliva kind of travels up into the nipple pores, and that is how your immune system knows how to make the the antibodies for your baby. But there's just no studies about exclusive pumping. So that is theoretical advice, but You know, why wouldn't you hug and kiss on your baby, okay? So skin to skin, lots of uh, frequent pumping sessions, and maybe once a day doing power pumping where you're kind of mimicking a cluster feeding where you pump for 20 minutes, then have a 10 minute rest. Then you pump for 10 minutes, and you do that for an hour. Maybe once a day, just kind of a hour of that power pumping. All right, hey. I'm on all the socials, or most of them anyway. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. I am The Boob Coach Pod. And um, any breast milk you can give to your baby is awesome. And keep doing it. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast today. Join me again. I am Rachel Gayfeller-Silver, AKA The Boob Coach. It all comes back to boobs, and I love you and your babies, so let's talk again soon. I'll provide the references for what I've talked about in, in this podcast. Thank you so much.